Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You know, there's a gift and a curse that comes along with your favorite team being good. Ticket prices go through the roof. Travel for away games seems impossible. And then where the heck are all the fans when you finally get to town? Well, Bills fans don't have to worry about that anymore. There's no better way to follow your Buffalo Bills on the road than with fans of Buffalo. Our packages make for hassle-free travel, all while getting access to exclusive events. From travel accommodations, Bills backers parties, catered tailgates, and game tickets, we take care of it all. Check us out at fansofbuffalo.com and book your next away game with the best. Welcome in. I am the big O Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson, my sister from another mister, as I <laughs> like to say every week. And you are once again tuning in to the Line to Gain show here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. And um, we've got a lot to talk about this week. I'm just going to be honest right off the bat. I am pissy. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's really not even just to do it the game. It's everything in general. There's a long day at work. Try to have some interaction on on the X app or formerly known Don't as Twitter. <laughs> and people read every like sixth word. They don't read your whole yeah. tweet. And so I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, even even was given a lesson by one of our own, and I'll probably give a little bit of my own history when we speak on that because um, I know a little bit about you know injuries and coming back Mm -hmm. soon and things like that. But um, I'd be amiss, as we do every week. Um, Sarah is on number 55, a number that is very dear to my heart, as my Mm -hmm. number 55 was retired at the University of Tulsa a few years ago. So Sarah in Philadelphia for the matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles this past week. Number 55, why don't you, uh, as you always do, give us a little bit of uh, insight on your your visit, where you went, right. fan interaction this, in the game itself. Right. This week's actually exciting for me to to kind of talk about it because, um, you know, a lot of these weeks I, I've been there before. You know, Cincinnati, I, you know, I went last year. Um, you know, is Miami, I go every year. Like, So this was a stadium I've never been to before. It was one of those things that I know I had said how nervous I was to begin with because of the fans and stuff like that. Um, so this is a, it's definitely fun to kind of talk about it this week. So first and foremost, before we even get into the game and that experience, I have to say, Philadelphia, you can send me all the hate mail you want. Your Philly cheesesteaks are not that good. 
Well, I, I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm gonna get, you know, canceled well, by more Philadelphia well, first people. First of all. Well, I'd probably and need, I'm, I, I need to cancel you as well because I want to preface this by saying you went to the two. No, I went to steps. more than those two. I went to the I went to more than those two. Um, Where else did you go? I went to Ish, Ishkabibbles or whatever, however you pronounce it. Um, unless, unless you went to one that starts with Della and ends no, with. No, I told you I couldn't go there, and that right. I mean that was then a forty. You, that was literally a forty-minute drive. From, you can't from, make a that's not Philadelphia opinion on cheesesteaks. Then no, but go but, ahead. Um, but then I also went to and and I I don't want to. I can't think of the name of it, so I I can't I can't call it out. But it was another um another place on the list from somebody else that I went to, um. That was that place in Ishka Bibbles would actually used salt and pepper. They seasoned their meat a little bit. So that was nice. But um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we all knew that Gino's and Pat's was not going to be what it was supposed to like. It was not going to be it. Um, I did go to the um the place that you suggested for the um the roast uh roast pork sandwich right. with the, the greens on it and stuff. That was probably the best thing I had all day. Um, I I should have prefaced it all by saying that I love cooking Philly cheesesteaks. It's one of the things that um, my dad, between Philly cheesesteaks and Italian sausage uh, growing up, um, it was, you know, one of the things that he kind of taught me to make from a very young age. Um, so, you know, I uh, I loved cooking it growing up. It was something easy for me to do. Um, but I was always taught, you know, salt, pepper, garlic powder. Like I always had like all these other flavors in it. Um, you couldn't taste anything. It was literally just so bland. But anyways, um, I had a I had a fun day though experiencing all that. Um, I went to the whole Rocky thing. Got to I I literally copped a squat on the on the stairs and watched people running up and down, laughing my ass off. Um, you know, that was a, a fun experience. And I got to meet so many people throughout the day. Most people are like, you walked around the city by yourself. Don't you get bored? No, I didn't. Um, those people that follow me on Twitter, I met a guy named, his nickname was Cornbread. Um, cracked up laughing for about 10 minutes talking to him. He was decked out head to toe in cowboy stuff. And I was like, if they're giving me a hard time and Bill's stuff, how in the hell do they let you get a, get away with walking around in cowboy stuff all day long? Um, hilarious, uh, just had, you know, a great time. And for any of the haters who followed me, it was like, so you literally took, bought all these, uh, subs, it took two bites of it and threw them away. No, I did not throw them away. I cut the ends off, took the, took that, you know, piece, that little quarter of a piece that I wanted to eat, wrapped the sandwiches back up and I gave them to homeless people throughout the day. Um, I had in my budget, you know, a hundred dollars for travel. Cause I wanted to try, you know, not for travel for, um, trying food, food yeah. throughout the day. I had budgeted it out and back in May. I knew that this is what I was going to do, but none of the food went to waste. So I did get a couple of little comments throughout the day and then, you know, even a DM. Um, so, uh, but it was a great experience. You know, I had a, a a few mishaps throughout the day um, with some some Eagles people and some just Philadelphia people, you know. But for the most part, you know, um, 
it was a, it was a good experience. I'm not quite sure why y'all were called uh, the city of brotherly love, but um, you know, that was just my experience on on Saturday. Would you like uh, to know? Yes. Well, I mean, because it's not true. <laughs> it's, Go ahead. Philadelphia is biblical. Well, yes. I mean, I knew that part. Yes. And I, that's what yes. it translates out to. So, and actually, that was a conversation. Um, we went to a Christmas market. Um, Saturday night after the um, or right before the the Bills backers party, um, and we were talking to a few people that we had seen a couple of Bills fans that were there with Eagles fans and kind of congregated in the middle of this market, and we had a conversation. And yes, they brought that up. So anyway, hey, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're on Twitter or the X app, join the rest of our friends like Let's Talk Sports Seven One Six. Richard Rush, Joe Ab joins us. Be no doubt, uh, Matt Bynum. Jump on over to YouTube. Get in the comments, folks. Um, we do have super chat. They get preference over everything else. Hit your comments up in that uh, comment section, and if they're interesting enough, we will read them. But um, I guess you know. Obviously, we got a breakdown of Sarah's trip to Philadelphia. I could debate that, especially being in the grumpy. No. You know. I do want um, to talk about the actual game day, though, people, yes. because that was okay. very different than my experience on Saturday. So we'll okay. get to that, too. Okay. So if you want to do that, do you want to do that now or do you want to go and, and talk a little bit about the game? No, I could do that now. Uh, let's let's go ahead and do <clears> the uh, the uh, uh, Ficta, Endel, and Elmer read first, and then we'll come back and talk about All right, that. Real quick, a uh, word from our sponsors, Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care. It's time to say goodbye to the blur and hello to clear vision. Ficta, Endel, and Elmer are the first in Western New York to bring you Zeiss Smile Technology. Along with our highly experienced surgeons, we promise an effortless journey to better vision. Gone are the days of fumbling for glasses or struggling with contact lenses. Embrace the freedom of superb sight. Because we believe you deserve the world in HD. Visit us online at Ficta.com and schedule a consultation. Ficta, Endel, and Elmer. We are focused on you. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Our own Sarah Larson, a patient and a person that went up to Ficta Endel and Elmer and actually got LASIK surgery. So if, if you know her, you see her, you want to ask her about her experience, she'll be happy to tell you. Definitely. I've been telling a lot of people about it. Um, and I will say game day experience has gotten so much better. Um, 
I joked about it again this week. I'm like, I can see not only the score, but I can see what down it is. I can see how many yards to go and how much time is remaining in the in the quarter. So um, it's it's definitely been a very good experience. So. So you had obviously Saturday night, went out to the Bills Packers party, all of that. That was a blast. And then Sunday, your game day experience. Fill us in on that. Yeah. So um all my worries were were validated. <laughs> I will say this. So I decided to take the the train um down to the stadium. Uh you know, obviously it was there was like three Bills fans in each cart um you know going down and so you you heard the 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 little cat calls little you know comments and everything it was um i was with my my friend lisa um in in the car uh the cart that we were in and we were getting you know some comments some rude comments and then you know then there was a couple of people who would you know joke and and be fun about it um tailgate different experience we had eagles fans coming up at the tailgate um, I helped fans of Buffalo uh, bartend. Um, he needed a little bit of help, you know, handing out some of the the alcohol. And so that was fun. Um, getting, you know, get, doing that aspect of of the um, the the game and getting to meet so many different people. Heading in was this is now my my least favorite stadium. Um, I don't. They were saying this is not normal. I don't know if it was the rain, whatever it was, just getting into the stadium was, was terrible. Um, the, the bottleneck to get in the shoving, the pushing people were throwing elbows. Um, this guy got into my face, uh, because, uh, you know, he was like, go back to Buffalo. Uh, we don't want you in here anyways. And I was like, just turn back around and keep on walking. You know, I was just like, I, you know, we don't need to deal with this right now. We're all trying to get to our seats. Shut up, turn around walk, and, and walk. Um, he decides he doesn't want to stand in line anymore. So he literally turns around and intentionally um, goes with the elbow. And I'm short. So I see it happening. I'm very short, by the way, for the people that don't know me. I'm like five, three and a half on a good day. Um, so I kind of you know, do a little duck at the same time. So luckily he didn't connect. And some other guy saw it happen and was like, yo, dude. And like, so that started something, a lot of pushing, shoving. There was, um, it took about 30 minutes literally to, to move about 10 feet to like, it was terrible. Um, there were fights, people falling onto the ground. It was terrible to get in. Um, the, the, what everybody was saying and screaming and, you know, calling me names i was called so many terrible names i won't say it online um but i was called so many different things um so getting to my seat i was very nervous i was like god this is already the worst experience um i've been called so many things at this point in time i got to my seat and i wasn't expecting much and ended up having a blast at my seat um, the, the people, uh, in front of me, uh, a girl and her boyfriend, they were great, you know, joking back and forth. I had two guys next to me. Um, they were, they were great. People behind me were all great. Um, they were a little bit older. So I think I, I kind of lucked out there. Um, you know, it was a, a lady and her, um, husband and her kids. So, well, they weren't young kids. They were teenage kids, but 
regardless, I had a blast at my seat. Um, I was able to cheer. No one cared. Um, I had one person kind of diagonal for me screaming and, you know, and his, his wife or girlfriend was like, I'm so sorry. And she's mouthing it. Great time at my seat. Um, the way back, I literally was told to go in the wrong direction twice in the pouring down rain um, on purpose. They literally laughed afterwards. So then I realized, okay, they're telling me the wrong way. Um, and then the, the getting on the train, the different things that were being said again, I was just like, y'all won. What in the hell is the point of this? You know, I'm like, you know, good game, acknowledge, let it go, you know. Like, what is the point of this? And I walked back. I went back by myself. So I was literally people like literally chirping in my face, getting in my, I was just like, what is the freaking point of this? So all of my nerves were validated, but I will say inside the stadium, I had a great time. Well, Eagles fan didn't disappoint. They, uh, (laughs) they, they, they came like they normally do. So, um. At least they're consistent, right? But anyway, the most important part of this is the game. Um, the Bills lose 37-34 in overtime. Josh <laughs> Allen, 28-51. Um, they have, um, for 339 yards, two passing touchdowns. He uh, did have one interception. Uh, he had two rushing touchdowns. Um, also had 81 yards on the ground. Was a leading uh, ground gainer for the Bills. Second, James Cook, 16 carries for 43 yards. Gabe Davis led the way receiving. Six catches, 105 yards, and a touch, uh, followed by Diggs, six for 74 and a touch. And um, when you look at the uh, the kicking game, um, Bass, two field goals in four field goal attempts. He did have one blocked, hit four extra points. Uh, Martin, our punter, averaged 42.8 yards per punt. He punted four times in the game with a long of 54. And defensively, Micah Hyde showed up with six tackles. Poyer, five. Johnson, Douglas. Ed Oliver shows up with three. Um, so you look at this game, and you know we're in a bye week, so we're not going to we're not going to lead into who we're playing next week. So I think after we talk about this game, we'll lead into various conversations and topics that have been being discussed across the Buffalo uh, market uh, amongst Buffalo Bills fans. Uh, which will be, of course, m- you know, will migrate into coaching and especially with Sean McDermott and is Sean McDermott's seat hot. But when you look at this game, you know, once again, and it, and I, it's funny that it happened the way it did because we were talking about this on the show last week and you look at the numbers of the Eagles, or I'm sorry, you look at numbers of the Bills and Josh over 300 yards and you look at Jalen Hurts, 18 to 31, 200 yards, but he did have three passing touchdowns, and of course, he had two rushing touchdowns as well. Responsible for five touchdowns. Again, the Bills' defense I thought played well for the circumstance they're in with their injury situation. But when the guy needs to make plays, he makes plays. And there's something to be said about the habit of winning. And right now, the Eagles are in the habit of winning. The Bills are in the habit of losing close games, especially one-score games. And do I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP in the league? I don't think so. I mean, I think the MVP 
a lot of that comes with big numbers and stuff like that. But if you want to talk about the best football player, especially a guy with things you can't see, um, it's hard not to talk about Jalen Hurts. I mean, the guy, the guy got it done when he needed to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with um, with him getting it done, but at the same time, um, I do have to say that I feel like part of it is a you know a lapse in the defense. Um, you can't give up as many points in the fourth quarter as as we did, and not say that it's not partly because of the defense you know defensive fault. Yes, I understand that Josh threw a pick in the middle of the third quarter. Um, I get it. Um, but you know, we can't complain this week about the offense not being good enough. We were ahead by 10 points at two different times in the, in the third quarter. Um, you know, I, I, I will, you know, defend, um, the team as a whole, as much as I possibly can. But I have to say that as much as the, the offense has let us down this season, I feel like the defense kind of let us down in this game. And this is, I feel like the defense let us down against the Patriots as well, but at the same time, I understand that the the offense was pretty terrible that game as well until the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't think that this whole entire season rests solely on the defense. I mean, we've seen... I didn't say the whole season. I said right. this I, game. I know. I understand this week. Um, I thought the offense performed well considering. Uh, you're in a hostile crowd. The weather was not good. Um I think Joe Brady continues to impress again. And we talked about a lot yesterday when Spence set up the code of conduct panel with myself, John Fina and Eric Wood. And we talked about how the bills and what's so wild about that show yesterday, Sarah, and I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, you got three awesome. guys, you got three guys. We all come in. We're all different stages. Okay. I know John and I played together. Eric played after us, but three guys all played the same position and all three of us, not forcibly, 99% of the time had the same opinions of what was going on. Right. And it, it's pretty wild how that happens. But, you know, I look at this Bills offense and the thing that Brady has done, and I really, I really believe this. He has, I don't even want to say simplified things. It's too easy. He simplified things. He's, he's, he's made a, he calls plays consistently. Plays have rhymes or reason especially in the run game, especially how the backs fit and how the path of the back on an outside zone is the same path the back takes when he's running the flat route and things all look the same. And, you know, he does a good job in play action and different stuff like that. But defensively, it is really, really hard for me to, uh, to condemn this defense knowing the situation they are in with the fact that their best players, for the most part, are not playing. Um, I, un I, I understand know. that. But what I do want to argue there is you can't say we held them to 33 yards passing and seven points up until the midway through the third quarter. So we played defense extremely well, even with all the penalties and everything else that was going on, the rain, everything we played. I shouldn't say we because I'm on the team, but the Bills played extremely. I can say we. Extremely well. It, their defense was great for two and a half quarters. Then it started to slip a little bit. So to me, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm putting it on them. You know, they played a good game to a certain point. 
But at some point in time, someone's got to accept responsibility for how they closed out the game. Okay, well then let's let's get through all the 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 fluff and circumstance and BS because it's the same thing you hear all the time. And you know, it's I've heard Joe talk about it. I've heard Spence talk about it. You're kind of going down that same path. There is a contingent, and this is where I wanted to get to later, but hey, since we're here now, we might as well get into it. And the <laughs> fact that I'm awful confrontational right now, I think this is a perfect time. <laughs> but say what you want to say. Don't say they played good defense until, or don't say they did this until. But they did. They yeah, did. But, but, I mean, don't, that's But fast. don't talk about the players. Bring up what you want to say, which is you put full blame on Sean McDermott. No, I, do, I don't put full blame on Sean McDermott. And if you saw any of my tweets this week, I like I literally have not put full blame on him. What to me, there is a, there was a significant drop off in even how the players were playing the game after the midway through the third quarter. It seemed like they were playing less urgent. Um, not I'm not just saying the scheme was, you know, yes, we we played a little bit softer and, you know. I feel like the players played differently as the the game went on. Maybe it was fatigue. I don't know. The offense was on the field for so many plays of this game. I think it was like 90-something plays. I don't feel like they should have been fatigued, but maybe it was. My personal opinion is I saw some missed tackles. I saw, you know, plays that should have been made that weren't. I'm just saying that I feel like at a certain point in time, the defense changed. They were playing very good, and then it, it started to slow down. Now, whether or not that is because Sean started calling a different defense, I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not educated enough, but I'm not a pl- former player. I can't say that it was completely because of his scheme. You know, I have some issues with some of his play calling at the end. I have with you know, somebody well, the worst thing making. he did, the worst thing he did was at the end of the game called man defense in the red zone with a quarterback that runs at will. You you have all your DBs turn their backs to the quarterback. To me, the touchdown to, to win the game, that was a silly call. He rolled the dice. He tried to get a pressure on him before he could make a play, and they he don't. shouldn't even have made it to overtime. But let's let's opinion. go yin and yang, right? Okay. So <laughs> it's almost like our, our whole relationship with the show, right? <laughs> you know, say, you're a girl, you? I'm a boy, right? <laughs> Um, you know, this, you know, I'm pissed because you don't like cheesesteaks and I like cheesesteaks for Philadelphia. Um, but the fact of the matter is, if you want to blame somebody, blame the 20 points that the offense didn't put up on the scoreboard in, in, in just, you, you have two field goals missed. You missed the Gabe Davis throw and Cooks drops a beautifully called, beautifully schemed up. Once a game play, he runs the tailback wheel, which is one of the best routes in football, hits him right in the hands, and he drops the ball. So if you want to play blame game, I'm glad Josh's stats were great. I'm you, glad that Gabe Davis about, Are you talking about Cook's like Cook um his drop in the first quarter? Yeah. That's a so touchdown gonna, if he catches the ball. I understand that, but like that's 20 points. Were, like, well, if you're gonna talk about plays in the third and fourth, I'm gonna talk about all the plays all right. in the first part, too. All right. You know, I just think, I mean, seriously, I mean that those are home run plays. If you have, you know, you look at those o, o, o coordinators have those big ass sheets, they've got specials in a corner, and they're one-time calls that they think they can score on. That was one of those plays, and it was executed perfectly. Josh Allen made a perfect throw and he dropped the ball. 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a couple of plays that I feel like we could have made throughout the, the game. In in overtime, Gabe Davis ran. And you know what? One and way, and he something. was supposed to run the other. Whether or not, you know, jo, you know, Joe Brady's taking right. it on, on I'm going to say something. Go ahead. The offense's job is to score points, Joe. And if it takes 50 points to win a game, then they need to score 50 points. That's their job. The defense is not going to hold another team, especially the Philadelphia Eagles at home that are only have one loss. Okay. You're not going to hold everybody to 10 points a game. All right. It doesn't happen. So if your job is to score points, score. Right. Exactly. I mean, score. I don't know. I just, I just, I, we get so hyper-focused, especially on areas that don't pertain to Josh Allen, because you can't hyper-focus on areas that he's a part of. And I'm not giving him blame. I thought he played really, really well this week. I actually, see, I'm the kind of, I, I looked at Josh's stats at halftime and I made a comment during halftime, like Josh is like right now only throwing like 55%, like, like he's not playing as well as, you know, he, he could be, I guess. To me, I looked at it as I was actually putting a little bit of it, you know, it was pouring down raining. I get it. But <laughs> it, like, it was totally pouring down raining, but it was like, he was 55. Sarah, we each get a dollar, man. We yeah, got a super chat for Joe, Joe Miller. Thank you, thank Joe. You, Joe. <laughs> Joe's super chat is the defense gave up 30 in the second half. Okay. They did. You're right. They gave up 30. Okay. I, I, I'm just saying throughout the game there, I could place blame on certain people. I'm not giving Josh a pass at all for this game either. He had a good game yardage wise. Did he, you know, miss like 20 something passes? Should he have been passing the ball 51 times in the pouring down rain? I don't know. I, I don't, don't quite feel like it. I don't know. I was there. I rewatched the game. I have my own, you know, opinions on some of it. Um, I hated that we started running the ball, like, you know, late in the game. And like, if, if we did that well in the, you know, the fourth quarter running the ball, who's to say, if we wouldn't have really pushed it early that we could have done better. I, you know, even against Philadelphia, and I, front, and I, know I get it. Right. And I know I'm getting work. I, I'm doing the whole worked up thing and I'm playing the devil's advocate. And when I do that, I always go hard for one side it. over the other. Cause that's what I do. But I really believe that and I'm not even going to use the the term that's that we got bludgeoned into our head from McDermott this season um, that he likes to talk about every week, but this is a three-phase sport, okay? This is offense, defense, and special teams, and games go crazy ways, and you have to be good on all on aspects. Our special teams were not good. If you want to put a – to me, if you want to put mega blame on something, put put blame on the on the special teams that gave us – Garbage field position all night. Didn't necessarily flip the field all night. And missed two field goals. Missed two field goals. And then there was, you know, there was penalties and things like that. Now, granted, this was an absolutely atrociously called game. Um, The no horse collar on on Josh Allen should cost somebody. To me, the white hat was staring at it. That, that, to me, would contemplate taking the white hat off that guy. And And then he still, even after the game, went and defended the call and that's what gets me you know even more pissed off um about the officiating is to me we deserved i rewatched the game we deserved a lot of penalties we did i am not 
arguing, and I think I had this conversation with Spence. Um, I am not arguing the flags that were called on us. I'm I'm not. There was there was holding, there was, you know, off, you know, we were offsides, we were, we false started all that crap that should not be happening to a disciplined team, which was kind of funny because they that's what the game started off saying is that you know the Bills have been right. a pretty, you know, disciplined team throughout the, you know, throughout the year, um under uh under Sean McDermott. And then like proceed to have seven penalties in the first quarter. My what was what pissed me off, especially rewatching it, is the non-penalties, the the flags that weren't called. Right. Um right. and rewatching it, like seeing how bad the pass and the the holding was on um on Diggs, him getting hit in the head. Um, right. uh, uh, who else? I think there was another. Uh, Sherfield was passed interfered with. It, it was ridiculous the non calls and watching the officials in the replays and slowing it down, and you can literally see them staring at the play. Oh, well, I felt like he didn't really affect the play. It doesn't matter. Like if if the definition of, you know, hold is this and you see this happening, if you don't feel like it affected the play, you're now not throwing a flag. But then 10 minutes later, you throw the same flag on the bills. And said that, oh, but you felt it affected the play. It doesn't make sense. And I feel like, it, and that's what pissed me off the most with this game. I know we've gotten away with two games where penalties weren't called. And I, I 1,000% agree that they you know, should have. Right. The difference between those two games was the penalties were very close. It was 11 to 9 or, you know, um, I think 7 to, to 8 in the other game. This one was literally one to eleven going into the fourth quarter. It was a ridiculous disparity in the amount of penalties called, and that's my I issue. Think, I think when you look at this game, Sarah, and you make great points, and I, I I agree wholeheartedly with that. But this game showed once again what I think is the biggest issue with the Bills this season playing. We're not talking about anything else. I'm talking about actual games. Very few times, obviously, the one time that they did it at the highest level was against Miami at home. They did it for the most part against the Raiders at home. But this football team has had an extremely hard time getting all three phases to click at the same time. Yep. It seems like one side of the ball is always, you know, whether it's defense, offense, special teams, one side of the ball is always having an issue. This past week, um, while things were going the way they were going, I mean, then the defense chose to be a second half. That's to me my biggest issue. We haven't, we don't, we haven't put a full complement together in all three phases very many times this season, and it's kind of frustrating um, right. because you know the one thing about our roster is even though we're playing deep, deep, deep into it because of injuries, especially on defense. And I think that's a big part of why our special teams are having issues because guys that are usually core special teams guys are now playing 70 plays a game or guys that are core teams guys aren't playing because they're hurt or they're playing, you know, or they're not playing because they're injured or they're not up to full speed because they're hurt. I believe a lot of that is why 
we're having issues on teams because teams is an area that shows the depth of your football team and the talent of your football team. And when you're that deep into the roster, it's hard to do it. But, you know, it's just, to me, that's been the biggest issue. We just can't find a way to click in all three phases. But real quick, let's... I was just going to say, just to be honest with you, re-watching all the games throughout the the season, what I've noticed the most is special teams. I feel like we've only had two or three good games uh, with, you know, with special teams. Right. You know, we used to call Bass, Bassomatic. He's, he has not been automatic at all. Sam Martin, to me, has not really punted the ball all that well. Maybe it's because he used to not get too many chances to punt the ball. Um, but now it's just, um, it, you know, hasn't been great. But our punk coverage um, has been pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. I will say I felt like the Jets game was probably our best special teams um, game. And there was still some, you know, miscues, especially when we were getting the kickoff um, returns and stuff. But um, obviously Reggie had the the turnover to start the game. Um, and then he had the, I think it was the second kickoff or a second punt. Um, he had an, another hit that was, you know, crazy. No, it wasn't a punt. It was a kickoff. He had another hit that was crazy. Um, but other than that, there was also some issues still in that game. I feel like um, Smiley is probably on, you know, the hot seat when it comes to uh, special teams. I don't know whether or not it's, you know, valid or not because we have had so many injuries. But um, I think you're, you know, we don't, we don't definitely uh, agree on things a lot, but. I feel like there's only been two games throughout this year, um, throughout the season, that offense, defense, and special teams has all clicked. And I feel like that was the the Raiders game, the in the Miami game, the Jets game. It was almost there. Um, like I said, half. It was kind of like special teams was was almost there, but not the whole game. Right. I feel like those are the only three games that you know they've all been clicking, and you know throughout the um the season. Even the on um, the Redskins, those sorry, not Redskins, the Commanders game. Um, the uh, offense wasn't as good as people said we were. It was literally the defense that game, right. and we scored. Yes, we scored thirty, you know, plus points, but it was because the defense kept on putting us there. So, I had a coach in college used to tell us all the time. My offensive line coach, he'd say, "Football, you play all these plays," and it was a speech about why you play hard every every play. And he said the football comes down, usually there are seven plays in a game that make a difference, seven of them. And you don't know when those plays are going to happen. And this weekend, I mean, I could sit there and probably count the seven times that, you know, that those were were game-changing plays. And it's true. I mean, you you play all of them, and I understand. I mean, some go well, some go go bad. But you have to – you play the entire four quarters, and it it takes – uh, you know, that full team effort and everything because you just never know. But hey, I had a t- I got a text a minute ago about how can you join, how can you get interactive? And you do that going you do that by going to YouTube. Uh Ralph's joined in with us, Jeremy Poyer. Um uh Josh is with us. Matt of course is with us. Come on over to YouTube, get in the comments. You can uh hit us with uh questions if you want to get on uh, super chats get a they get precedent over everything else just like Joe Miller. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Um, love but then also, yes, I love you, Joe. Also hit the like and subscribe button. We appreciate mm-hmm. that. But as we move on to what I think everybody wants to talk about or hear about my opinions, I'd like to hear Sarah's opinion on this. Um, we've heard Joe and we heard Spence earlier tonight 
um, on the uh, Hump Day show, and they gave their comments on it. We're going to talk about Coach McDermott, talk about that hot seat and uh, things moving forward as we uh, head into the latter part of the season. But real quick, we want to hear a word from our fine sponsor, a loyal sponsor, and that sponsor is Buffalo's Best Pizza. That pizza is Picasso's Pizza. Hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So once again, everybody, loyal listeners, loyal fans, thanks for joining us. As always, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central, right here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. It's Line to Gain with my good friend, my homie, my ace, even though she talked <laughs> trash on my town. I'm going to let her slide because I can't stand Miami either, but that's a whole nother episode of the show. I don't, I don't, yeah, never mind. We won't go there. I don't live in Miami. I live in Fort Lauderdale. There's a big it's difference. It's the same thing. That's the problem. It's, it's all the same. It's it all the bit. same. It all looks difference. the same. The humidity is the same. Everything's the same. Big difference. <laughs> but I digress. Um, Sarah, what is your opinion? Uh, obviously, this week after this game, lots and lots of heat from Bills Mafia fans, Bills Bills fans, Bills Mafia, about Sean McDermott, his performance as the head coach of this football team. Um, I think we learned this weekend that he's 0-6 in overtime games. We lose another overtime game, 37-34 to the Eagles. That last play call was suspect at best. Um, we talked about it yesterday on the Code of Conduct show, the three of us, myself, John Fien, and Eric Wood. Your feelings or your viewpoints moving into this part of the season and then maybe looking at next year, how do you see Sean McDermott and do you see him still fitting in as the head coach of the Bills moving forward? Right. Uh, first and foremost, if we were to to part ways, I don't want it happening now. Everyone calling for his job now, I don't want to see that. Um, I want to finish out the season. There is, it might be slim, but there is still a chance of us making the postseason. Um, again, might be slim, but there is a chance. The people that are saying nine and eight can get us in, good luck. Um, that's really like so many things would have to happen. But ten and seven, um, provided you know certain games that we lose would be, or the one game that we would lose would be very specific. And other things would need to happen. If we went out, Miami doesn't, we could still win the division. I don't, I granted, I understand what all that means. I don't want to change the season right now. I I want to have it go through. Um, when it comes to when it comes to Joe Brady, um, everyone is is you know thinking that he is, you know, the the best OC two games in. I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon yet. I did that too many times with with Ken Dorsey. Um, I want to see him 
finish out the season as OC. I don't want to get rid of, you know, Sean and then have him be OC and head coach and blah, 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 blah. No, let's just finish out the season first and foremost. Um, if you want, I, you know, I have other opinions when it comes to, to all that. Like if you want to head into next season, what I, I feel like, um, or if you want to to talk about this. No, I mean, be, be, I'm, this is an open forum for you to <laughs> give your opinion on what you feel the bills need to do at the head coaching position, whether they make the playoffs, don't make it, even if whatever your feelings on that spot. Right. And what would you do if you were Brandon so now, Dean and you were the general manager? Right. So obviously as, as the season goes on, it's going to probably reflect a lot on what's going to happen next year. Um, if, you know, we went out, uh, like I, you know, I, I mess with Jeremy a lot. He's, he's seen the script we uh we joked about it. I think it was the the Denver game. Um, uh, it was one game that we were we you know we're to- talking about the script, and he was like, "We're gonna kick the Jets' ass. We're gonna you know this and that." We ended up kicking the Jets' ass, and then he said we were, and then we're gonna go five and zero to end the season. Um, so he's obviously seen the script. So I'm less worried about where the Bills are gonna go. Um, so you know there's you know there's that that chance. So if we run the table, we went out, we win the East, uh, go into the, the playoffs with this, you know, unbelievable, you know, motivation and head of steam, watch out, you know, and even if we go deep into the, um, the playoffs, I'm not even saying Super Bowl. we go deep in the playoffs. Does, does Sean keep his job? Probably. Um, do I want Sean to keep his job? Even, you know, even if we don't make the, um, the Super Bowl, uh, if we can make it deep into the playoffs, I would like to see one more year. Um, cause obviously if we're going to keep Joe Brady as offensive coordinator, um, I would like to see all that, that play out. Do I want a new defensive coordinator? Yes. Do I, I want Sean, I want them to focus on their, responsibilities. Um, and I feel like we would need a new defensive coordinator or if Leslie decides to come back, I have my opinions about that. Um, but regardless, I want an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator and the head coach. Um, so now if we don't make the playoffs, um, I am okay with thinking about starting over but that's what people need to realize is that there is going to be probably a season that is going to have to occur um, to get everyone kind of on the same page to get the right personnel for whoever comes in. Um, And, you know, this whole adage about, you know, bringing in someone who has experience, I what do you mean? And and like I, I think I got in a little bit of an argument with somebody the other day. What OC or excuse me, what head coach has been, you know, that is not on a team? Do, would you want to coach this this team um, moving forward? And the only you know the only answer I keep on getting is Frank Wright, who has literally not made it through the first year in his two seasons of trying to be a head coach. I don't want to go through all that again. So you got to get somebody who's not done it before, who you're going to try to trust into doing it. And then you're going to, you're going to flip a coin just like, 
you would if you're keeping Sean on the you know on the payroll. So I I look at the situation a little differently. First of all, I think Sean McDermott's a good man. Um, I think he's a good person. I think he's a good head coach. I think he is a proven commodity in the NFL. When I look at when I look at teams that make rash decisions on coaches, most of the time, nine times out of ten, they're either the same or worse than the previous regime. And I look at a team, and I keep going to them as an example, but I look at a team like the Steelers. A long time ago, the Steelers had they had um, Bill Cowher, and they had Tom Donahoe, who people in Buffalo know, and they don't like him in Buffalo either, and that's understandable. So there was a power struggle between the GM and a power struggle between between the head coach. The Rooney's looked at it as it's much harder to find a new head coach than it is a general manager, and they fired Tom Donahoe, and they brought another GM. They win a Super Bowl. They continue to have that model of stability at head coach. Um, when I look at McDermott, and I, my main thing is, and we talked about this yesterday, I look at the players. I look how they are. I look at how they play. They play their asses off for the guy. They play hard for the guy. They play hard for each other. They like one another. The locker room is good. There's no issues. The digs thing is the digs thing. That's That goes across the board, across the league, whatever it is, blown out of proportion, whatever. But I look at this team, and I can never say – I never looked at the team play this year and go, damn, they quit. I've looked at the team that has had had issues for other reasons. I think the biggest issue with this Bills team moving forward is not Sean McDermott. I think Sean McDermott is a very capable head coach. If they wanted him to go ahead and bring a DC in and take heat off of him from calling plays, I have no problem with that. I'm sure he has a coaching tree a mile long that he can bring people in to to coach under him and do a lot of the same things he does. My issue with the Bills right now is the roster. Um, my issue with the Bills right now is $29 million over the cap already for next year. My and issue that's with the if, Bills. That's if the right. salary cap goes up to 256, right. which is what you know they're predicting. But some places, some uh, you know, other sites are not predicting it to go up that high. So we would be, I, be more over the cap. When I look at the Bills team, I look at a roster that has obvious deficiencies in certain areas. I look at a roster that's been gutted by injuries, especially on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. And I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a, a head coaching issue. Those things are not head coaching issues. Those things are Brandon Bean front office luck issues. I mean, people get hurt in football. It's football. Um, my son last week had surgery on a broken thumb and a dislocated pinky, one on each hand. It's football. It happens. So I think Sean McDermott's very capable. I think he's a good coach and fits really, really well in the Buffalo community with the Buffalo fans. But some of the stuff he's doing right now is the issues we have personnel-wise, especially on defense with injuries, and then an obvious glaring hole in talent at the wide receiver position. Um, You know, and I think that's probably holding this offense back more than anything, is tell me the last time you can truly remember that we took the top off of one with Josh where we ran a deep, a deep, uh, a deep post route or a fly, whatever. And we, we got over the top of something and, and had a two play drive. We talked about it yesterday. All of our scoring drives are 
10, 11, 12, 13 plays. We don't have the ability right now to stretch the field and have explosive plays on offense. That's a lack of – I don't think it's a lack of well, – I was, a play yeah, I was told I was wrong. I, I told – I said, well, Khalil had the the 81-yard touchdown reception um, during the Jets game, but I was told that that's not taking the top off. So I don't know what the definition no, I, right. I get. When I say that is – and I'm going to go back to an example that I know well. A guy who I think was one of the – arguably you could say was top three greatest deep ball – route runners blowing the top off of a defense receivers in the league retired today. And that was Deshaun Jackson who played for the Eagles and a few other teams. That's the type of play I'm talking about or the, you know, or the Tyreek Hill uh, plays and things like that, you know, scoring in two plays, big, big, big emotional energy type plays. That's the thing that, you know, your defense is fighting their ass off. They're doing what they're doing. And now all of a sudden, you know, a de- the offense gets the ball back because the defense did a great job, and boom, huge play. We score in two plays. Now there's more energy. Defense is going. It's just, it just seems to me like we're just kind of chugging along sometimes, and that's okay. I mean, I take that over excessive turnovers and other things. I mean, we we have the last two weeks have done some good stuff, but you know, it's just it, it's just that I think we need some complimentary pieces there. So anyway, that's my opinion on the thing. I don't think you're going to go out. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and get the hot shot, the hot shot coordinator. I don't, I don't see how that helps things. Am I going to go out and hire another retread? Uh, No. I mean, I think that's the most ridiculous thing in pro sports that we continue to hire the same coaches for the same positions over and over again, when there's other people out there that are worthy. I just look at this thing and I think we've been through the coaching carousel during the drought. We've hired the hot commodity. We've got a guy that's proven, a guy that can win. Let's fix the holes in the roster. Let's fix our cap situation. Let's not be injured. I mean, if you want to go after anybody, really, the guys that that take the heat for, you know, massive amounts of injury are usually the guys in the weight room, you know, your strength and conditioning department. Now, a lot of our injuries are not soft tissue type injuries, which that's usually where that comes into play. I mean, we got broken bones and things like that, but. No, I mean, I just don't see how you go out and and, and by getting rid of Sean McDermott, right. do you fix a lot of these other problems that you have to address as well? Right. And Jeremy actually just put, which exactly in, you know, what I've been saying for all along, people talk about Sean wasting Josh's prime. Imagine hiring the wrong guy and how much prime that wastes. That's exactly my biggest concern is you go out and you're, you know, we're going to get somebody that nobody has a clue um, whether or not they're going to, they're going to be able to, to produce. They have, we have no clue if that's going to happen. So that's my biggest concern of getting somebody new. Um, You know, it's going to take a year or two down the road um, for if we get, if we start something new again. Now, granted, there are moments, there are some teams that have succeeded with the, the first year hires and stuff like that, you know, um, but you're running the risk. There's a chance. Well, you know, can I like... ask you this? Can I ask you this, Sarah? I want your opinion on this. And anybody else in the comments that wants to wants to chime in on this, who is wasting Josh's prime? When I look at when mean? I look at that, there's, there's well, everybody the, wants to blame. Saying... They want to blame Sean McDermott's wasting Josh Allen's prime. It, 
Well, I mean, three weeks ago, it was Ken Dorsey was wasting his prime. And now they, they can't blame Ken Dorsey. Now it's Sean. Right. But my thing is, is, is a quarterback, you know, especially a guy like Josh Allen, who's talented or whatever, he has to have, I mean, I don't care how good he is. He's got to have pieces, right? I don't know. I don't know what the, what the structure is like in, I don't know what the structure is like in the, um, in the admin building. I don't think Sean McDermott's making picks. Um, you know, granted, if if they want to put something on Dorsey because he whatever, that's fine. You can say what you want. Ken Dorsey had him within 13 seconds of going to a championship game. Um, so if you want to put blame on McDermott for that, go ahead. I don't care. But I just I I that's a term that I I think it's a slippery slope type thing. I think it's kind of too broad. You know, if you're saying he's wasted his prime, how? Um, and to me right now. I just think we've got some deficiencies in the roster that need to be repaired, need to be fixed, whether it's through not having that personnel or because of injury. And I'm glad that we hit on, I I do believe um, the last, you know, two years we started hitting on the draft. We're going to need to continue because as we said, Josh is going to have to restructure again. Um, We're going to have to make a decision on, on, um, on white, whether or not, He's going to be on this roster next year. It's either going to be a restructure of white or, you know, he's going to be, you know, either traded and or we, cut. Um, we have looking forward. We'll have some great shows in the off season. We on every yeah, week yeah. know, but we do have some great shows, especially around the draft. Sarah's really, really good with numbers. She does a great job with draft, uh, with the free agency stuff, with salary cap stuff. She knows numbers really, really well. I am number illiterate. So, those shows are her shows and she'll be able to explain the cap and how it works. But, and I'm, I hope you're studied up because we've got some serious cap issues going to the next. Yeah. And, but that, that was just my, my point is that I think right now what's, what's going to waste, you know, you know, Josh's years is whether or not we're, we don't hit on, on the draft, but you know, we've seen some quarterbacks, go way into their thirties, late thirties doing just fine. You know, Josh is 26 years old. I'm, I'm not saying that we're, you know, we're wasting, you know, his years. My concern is we're wasting Stefan Diggs years. We're wasting, you know, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. And like, those are the people that I'm worried about. Those are the people that aren't going to be here, you know, in two years. Um, I always side, I always side on the side of the vet, Sarah. I really do. And it's those guys like Jordan and, and Micah and those dudes that have left a lot of themselves on that field in Orchard Park and across the NFL with the way they play week in and week out. And they still play hard. And there's two teams that make it to the Super Bowl every year. So we can't, I know we all have, you know, all these hopes and dreams and, you know, of making it, you know, right now, do you think the Cincinnati Bengals are saying they're wasting away Joe Burrow um, right. because he got injured? You know, like right. crap happens, you know, every, right. every season. And um, I think my biggest issue um, is the fact that we're six and six right now is it feels like the drought years. We're not bad enough for yeah. a good draft pick. Yeah. And, you know, we might not end up being right. good enough. Uh, to finish out the the season no. in in the playoffs, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Jer um and say we're gonna go five and zero to end the the season. And uh, I think he's a hundred. I mean, I would not be shocked. It would not. It would not. I mean, 
not for nothing. Like, yeah. Um, just you know, we only have a couple minutes left, but I have done so many scenarios when it comes to our record ending the season. All the other teams, obviously, um, you know, who's playing who. The the Dolphins play the um the Ravens, they play um the Cowboys, and they play us. If they lose those three games and we win out, we win the East. Um, with that being said, if the Dolphins win um against the Cowboys, or if they win against um the um the Ravens, we want them to win out. They can lose against us. That's fine. Um, But we would actually prefer them to win out. I've done the numbers. Um, There is not a lot of 10 and 7 teams that if we end up being 10 and 7, that we we beat when it comes down to our numbers. So with the the tiebreakers, most 10 and 7 teams, if we end up 10 and 7, they win the tiebreaker over us. So we have to be very careful at how those numbers work out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this, the, the season plays out at the end. Um, but yeah, we just got to hope for, uh, for the, the Dolphins demise and, uh, and we'll all be, you know, we'll be great. Exactly. Well, Sarah, it's been a great show. Everybody it's been in the chats. It's been awesome. Um, thanks for joining in again, hit the like button, the subscribe button before you get out of here. Um, we enjoy coming on each week, talking Bill's football with you. And it's not the same if you're not here. So thank you so much for joining us. But, um, again, we'll be back next Wednesday night um, heading into our game with the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we'll be back in our head for the 76th season in a row. And um, right. <laughs> we'll be up there to play the Chiefs uh, again. And, and, by the way, the bad weather is there. So that's one thing yes. we're used to. Um, I'm hoping it's by, gone by the time I get there, though. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Obviously, obviously just so disappointed with the late the late game day pick. Uh, game day fit yeah just i wanted to apologize for everyone who says it's my fault that we lost because i did not post a game day pick i think i was not really impressed with my outfit i wore you know a couple pairs of leggings that you know it's some black sneakers some black leggings and then you know i had a blue shirt on with my black vest and then i threw my jacket on under my um my or not my jacket my hoodie on underneath my my vest and then put the the poncho back on because it was just soaking wet the whole game so it was the tv did not do how much rain it was justice at all i was literally ringing no you could see you could see it was was bad but hey again thanks for joining us folks i'm the big o jerry ostrowski she is sarah larson we'll be back next week wednesday night nine eastern eight central it's line to gain right here on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network and as always thanks for joining us go bills Bills. and one love i messed up but you did it the opposite way (laughs) (laughs) I did the opposite way. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate you.